Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We have made it to Friday, and there literally was a party in the markets today, both from a grain and livestock perspective for the most part. We saw a lot of green on the screen. I wish I could say that really kind of followed through on what we saw in the wheat complex because they saw some negativity. But corn, beans, cattle, and hogs all saw some higher numbers. Even the Class 3 milk saw some positivities. We're going to take a look at what's been happening on this grain sign today as Jeff Peterson joins us. Jeff is with Heartland Farm Partners. So what a difference a week can make when we look at the way corn and beans are trading. Oh, my gosh, it's so great to, to see the positive market, Susan. You know, today, uh, May corn, you know, up six, new crops up, you know, half cent. But, hey, it's it's in the positive, so we'll take that. And over on the soybean side, you had uh, May soybeans up nine and a half. And new crop was actually up five and five and a half. And, and we look back and compare to, you know, where we were at a week ago. And and honestly, we're, we're still down for the week. If we take a look at corn, we're down four cents on the May contract. And then as we look out to December, it's down five and a quarter. As we go over and look at soybeans, down about a half cent on May soybeans, down a penny on new crop. But based off of where we were at in relation to where we kind of put in our bottoms, you know, earlier this week, Susan, uh, May corn has bounced 11 and a half cents off its low this week. Uh, December corn's up seven. Beans have actually had a really nice bounce on the soybean side, actually up 41 on the May contract and up 28 um, off the lows on the November contract. So as you look at the big picture of this, it kind of sets the tone maybe for what we could see in Monday's trade? Well, I, I think so. I mean, have we have we put in a long-term bottom here? No, I think we put in a short-term bottom in here. And, and really going forward, we're just going to have to continue to watch that South American weather. There's going to be a lot of talk as we go forward also looking at what's going to happen in this green corridor. We can't forget that that summer saying that expires on the 18th of March, summer saying the 19th of March. But you know, we're looking at it and saying, okay, what's the likelihood of that happening? And then we have to continue to watch what's happening for weather across you know, really the northern plains. Uh, Minnesota's had a lot of snow. You know, North Dakota has, South Dakota has. And so we got to start thinking about as we get deeper into this acreage discussion, you know, what uh, what could we have for prevent plant or, or maybe none if ever everything just kind of gets a nice um, decline in those snow totals up there and ultimately start melting that snow off. You know, we had that discussion a little bit yesterday about the, the fear that the amount of snow we look to those folks in the north, what type of planning delays that might bring if they don't get a nice, slow, steady warm-up. Yeah, that's that's something that'll be very important because, you know, uh, North Dakota is a very, very big state that uh, production is very important up there. Prevent plant uh, can be an issue, just like we can see over into South Dakota. And uh, also it does spill over into Minnesota. Out of those three, I'd say Minnesota here lately has been picking up a lot of snow. I know the Minneapolis area actually said, I think, over the last 140 years, this would have been the second highest amount of moisture they had for uh, for the month of February, I think they were showing probably a little bit over six inches of precip, about three inches of that came in the form of rain, and about 24 inches of that came in the form of snow. So let's look at last week we had a lot of numbers coming out with the Outlook form, and you and I didn't get a chance to really talk. What are your thoughts on how those numbers uh, went and kind of sets the stage coming up? 
Yeah, we, we really have nothing. As, as we take a look and look at that acre number on the corn side, 91 million acres, we're actually thinking it could be slightly higher than that, 91.5. I know the yield number, the 181.5 on the corn is getting a lot of discussion. And a lot of individuals are saying, you know what, I think that number's too high. Maybe it should be a 179, 180. Actually, we're thinking that maybe it should be a 183. And, and the reason we're believing that is just because we haven't been up in that area. 176.7 has been the record yield so far, but these genetics are very good. In the past four years, we have came in below trend on yields, but the reason that's been the case is, in our opinion, is not because of problems with the genetics. It's been because we've had issues with weather. So, you know, as we go forward here, I, I still, still think we can't count a, out a very good year on, on production side. And if it turns off hot and dry, obviously we'll have to adjust our thoughts on that. And then as you take a look at, uh, we really have on the soybean side, no, no real anything to, to really disagree in regard to acres or yields there. And on, on the ending stocks on both corn and beans, I don't think anybody should have really been too surprised where their numbers are at at this point, Susan. Well, let's talk about what we're seeing in Brazil. I know we've had a lot of folks kind of wondering what this soybean crop looks like. There has not been a lot shared on social media as of this point. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. You know, they're moving along. Um, you've got overall across all of Brazil, they're about 45% harvested on soybeans. And you get into Mato Grosso, though, much further along, you're probably now pushing close to 80% harvested in Mato Grosso. And, and I think the very north central part, and actually may say better, like probably the northern part of, Brazil, or of Mato Grosso is probably almost done. And, and overall, what we're hearing is that we're hearing yields are coming in uh, probably just about as expected in many of those areas where harvest is coming on. And what that means is that there probably isn't expecting much of an adjustment at this time yet uh, on Brazil. I think it's going to come down to whether we, you know, increase the production, maybe, you know, one or two million metric tons, which would be 40 to 80 million bushels where it backs off. 40 to 80 million bushels, I think, really depends on how Rio Grande do Sul in the southern part of Brazil actually comes off on, on their yields. And, and honestly, we're not far enough there. As a matter of fact, just some parts of Rio Grande do Sul um, really would have just ended up finishing up um, the planning not too long ago here. So we're going to have to continue to watch those areas on, on what kind of weather they're getting. Based on what we see there, I think is going di- to dictate really how Brazil ends up turning out. And definitely be interesting to see how that all weighs in as well when we get fully underway with our spring planting here in the States. Oh, you're exactly right. Which is just around the corner. Yes, it is. We've seen some pictures already in southern Texas. Stick around, folks. We've got a lot more coming up. We're going to look more about what's going on in Argentina. We know that they have continued to have a lot of dry pockets that they've been dealing with. Also, the big question, is a bottom bend put in place for both corn and beans? We'll find out more about that. Stick around. More is coming up. The second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Hey, Tom, I see a Fontenelle sign there on your North 80. That corn looks pretty good. Well, yeah, my neighbors had good luck with Fontenelle, so I decided to give it a try. They've been around for quite a while? Well, sure have. In the last three seasons, Fontenelle's 15 top-yielding corn products had over a nine-bushel advantage over Pioneer's commercially available leading volume corn products. Wow, that's impressive. I'm thinking I might add some Fontenelle to my farm. Well, just contact your local dealer or go to Fontenelle.com if you want more information. Read and follow pesticide label directions, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff. As we continue our conversation with Jeff Peterson, Jeff with Heartland Farm Partners. And let's kind of talk about Argentina. It's definitely been dry in pockets there. How do you see that affecting right now what they've got going on for corn and soybean growth? Well, yeah, it has been dry. And, you know, it's interesting. I, I kind of thought that that was getting behind us. You look back, you know, a couple, two, three weeks ago, maybe even a month ago now, time flies. But, you know, weather was kind of improving down there. But, boy, they just can't really catch a break. You know, in addition to a little over a week ago, talk about of a frost that's happening. But they continue to get warmer than normal temperatures and drier than normal conditions. And, and we are looking to still continue to see both their corn and their soybean production numbers come down lower yet. Could be another, you know, one, maybe two million metric tons. Maybe we bring it down 40 to 80 million bushels yet. Um, the interesting part is that there isn't any soybeans that have been harvested yet. However, there has been some corn that's been harvested in some of probably the hardest hit areas. And keep in mind there is that on that corn harvest so far, it's, it's coming in less than expected. Now, the thing about it, some of this later planted crops, if you kind of think back, some of it kind of got held up on both the corn and soybean side of getting planted because it was so dry. So the whole thought would be is that maybe some of that, if we could catch some rains, we could actually see some improvement on yields on that. But the other side of that would be if it does stay hot and dry, then some of that later planted stuff actually could get hurt more. And then we probably need to talk about bringing their yields and their production down on corn and beans even more. Maybe then we start talking about bringing it down, you know, maybe maybe 100 or 150 million bushels. So it's still continuing to come down. But one thing I wanted to mention, Susan, I forgot to talk about it on this. As we're talking about Brazil, it gets back over to the Safrina corn crop. We can't forget about that because that does make up about 75% of what the Brazil does have on their corn production, and much of that does get exported. That crop's sitting at about 65% planted which it's, you know, probably about 5% off of where we'd normally kind of say our normal pace would be. But the part of the problem is that it's got pushed in here later. So as a result, for the stuff that got planted later and then the stuff that's got to get planted yet, um, that's pushing that window of time. And, and what I mean by that window of time is that that crop has to get mature uh, because if we hit that dry season, which can start in May and it even could get started in the end of April, if that crop hasn't moved along far enough and, and got through the reproductive stage, went through pollination, went through kernel fill, then we have to start shortening that corn crop up. And and there are actually a few analysts that are starting to do that just because there's a larger than normal amount of, of corn that's really kind of got planted outside of that normal optimal window. So as you look at that and, and the bigger picture, what does that mean to U.S. farmers? Yeah, so I think what that means for us is that that's one item out there that's going to probably keep the market from getting real hit really hard. It, it brings that level of uncertainty out there to everybody and says, wait a minute, I better be a little careful to sell this thing off additionally yet until we see how that crop looks like it's progressing. And then we'll have to start, you know, talking about our whole crop of what's our acres going to be in our weather and all that. All right. Have we got a bottom in place for corn and beans at this point? Well, I don't think we have a long-term bottom in place. Uh, you know, longer term down the road, I think we'll see lower prices. But in the short term, I do think that we have found a bottom in here, Susan. It's interesting as we dig in and take a look at the charts, you know, as we we start first over there on the May corn chart, really what it kind of did, there was a big kind of move in the market. If we look back from the low that was clear back in about the, oh, 22nd of July, back up to where the high was in December, and we say, okay, how much of that 
big move have we retraced? And we retraced about 62% of it, and we kind of found some support, and we've bounced back up from there. So so I do think on both the corn and the soybean side, we found a short-term bottom in here. All right. Can we see getting back to 680 on that May corn? Well, I, I think we can, but it's going to take some work in here. So let's just think about what that's going to have to, to, to be in order to make that happen. Um, we could end up seeing ha- something happen in this grain corridor. If for some reason a grain corridor doesn't go through, yeah, we'll bounce back up there. If we end up seeing uh, Russia use some type of tactical nuclear weapon uh, within Ukraine to try to move uh, you know, along their position, you know, boom, we'll go up to that level. We'll take those type of levels out. Um, otherwise, what we're going to have to see if neither one of those type of things happen is we're going to have to see the planning and intentions report number come out at the end of the month that comes out where they'll survey the farmers on the acres. We'd have to probably see a little bit smaller acre number there coming out of that. Or we'll have to look at our spring weather here and start getting some people nervous about either a late plant or or potentially some acres of prevent plant uh, higher than normal up in the northern plains. But I think it takes something like that to get it, you know, to up into where we were at before in that 680 area. All right, real quick, 1540 for beans. Um, I think that that is possible, but there again, that does take some continued probably lower yields look like out of Argentina. And also we'd have to see that same type of thing coming out of Brazil. Perfect. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Jeff? Yeah, go ahead and give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. All right, that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. I always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network.